Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast, a show created to be your go-to source for straightforward retirement advice. Best of all, it is presented in a language that you can understand. Are you ready for some straight talk on retirement planning without all the fluff? Well, you found the right podcast. Here's your host, certified financial planner, Greg Gonzalez. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm Greg Gonzalez. Thanks for joining me today. This is episode number 142. We just keep going and going, and we'll continue to bring you interesting and insightful episodes on retirement planning and even maybe a look into what I do for a living as I help people 50 and over plan for a successful retirement on their terms. And I think that's what's crucial. That's the piece that people forget about is, hey, we're saving in a 401k or a Roth IRA But what's the end result? What is all this for? Well, it's to fund your retirement. We don't just save and save and save. And so you look at a a big account someday and go, wow, look at how much I got. Well, no, you should be saying, okay, look at what I've accumulated, the resources that I have. What kind of life or lifestyle can I afford now in retirement, what kind of living and giving am I going to be able to do in those golden years? So to me, that's what it's all about. And I think so many people lose perspective of that, of the reason why ultimately we're saving and sacrificing and investing in our working years so that then we can have a nice, comfortable retirement and really live the last three or four chapters of our life with independence and dignity, where we never have to rely on our kids or other family members for financial support. To me, that's financial success. But today's conversation, I want to kind of focus on how easy it is to get off course. And I'm going to mention several of the conversations that I've had with prospective clients and podcast listeners and TV show listeners and referrals The past couple months, I had multiple, multiple conversations with people, and the topics that are coming up, they are so far out in left field and away from retirement planning and bulletproofing the next 30 years of your life. They're focused on kind of near-term events and concerns and happenings that are going on in the economy and the world. And really, kind of the lesson here is that oftentimes... Our emotions are the drivers of our financial decisions. And I'll give you many, many examples on today's episode. But before I get into all that, wanted to remind listeners, check out my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. There's some free resources that are available underneath the resources tab. Also, while you're on the website, you can listen to all the previous episodes. You can sign up for a 30-minute retirement coaching call. A lot going on on our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. And at the bottom, you can submit all your questions for the podcast. It says, ask Greg a question at the bottom. Go ahead and submit it and I'll get back with you and might even use your question on a future episode. All right. Again, on this episode, I wanted to talk about some of the conversations that I've been having with folks Some of them are current clients, some of them are podcast listeners or my TV show listeners, and everywhere in between. Some people contact me 
uh, through the Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro network, and they have questions about retirement and investing and all the above. But lately this year, it just seems like all of the current events are the drivers of the decisions that people are making. So what am I talking about when I'm saying the current events that are concerning? Well, inflation that we haven't seen since the 1980s, the Fed continuing to raise interest rates. I'm also talking about the banking crisis, if you want to call it that, the banks failing here in 2023. Also, the debt ceiling, the federal debt ceiling arguments that are or negotiations going on here in 2023. Next is the whole discussion about are we in a recession or not? Well, it really depends on who you ask. Vanguard at the beginning of the year said they gave us like an 80% chance that we would end up in a recession this year in 2023. I've had questions about gold and should we put our money in gold and silver or somewhere safe? And there have been many people that have gone so far as to wipe out their savings at their bank or credit union, their emergency fund, and just take the money out as cash because they're afraid that the bank or credit union might fail. And then, of course, next year, 2024, is another election year. So like I have said, that's going to be a complete circus, in my opinion, the way it's looking like right now. And believe me, people are already concerned about 2024 being an election year and what that's going to mean to their retirement savings. And a lot of this is noise, right? It is stuff that is going to come and go. Like, in my opinion, the debt ceiling talk, I mean, yeah, it may cause the market temporarily to go up and down. Just like years ago, the fiscal cliff, I mean, this was probably five years ago now, but I remember being on the radio here in St. Louis and we were talking about retirement planning and there was a financial advisor that was syndicated after our show and he was like going on and on about the fiscal cliff and how it's going to ruin everything. And I mean, for weeks and weeks on end, and he immediately followed us and it, all it did was cause panic and concern of all of our listenership and our clients even. But guess what? The fiscal cliff came and went and the market kind of just went on just like nothing happened. So as a financial planner, sometimes it's my job to remind people of the long-term plans that they have, the long-term goals that they have. Whenever we run into these short-term events and concerns that are always going to pop up, there's probably a couple of them a year, a handful of them a year that could throw us off course if we reacted adversely to them. And I'll give you a perfect example of this. So let's say we do a retirement plan for somebody and it tells us that they need a four and a half percent return for their retirement to be successful. And what I mean by that is for the income that they need from their retirement accounts, their retirement nest egg, and the withdrawals they're taking from it to support and sustain that lifestyle over the next 30 years, they need an average annualized return of 4.5%. And let's say they get scared because of some fiscal cliff or bank failure or something like that, and they decide, hey, I want to take all my money out of mutual funds or ETFs or anything related to the stock market or bonds or anything like that, and I'm going to cash that money out and go to where I feel is secure. And let's say they put it in an FDIC-insured money market or a short-term CD, 
And let's say interest rates at this time are lower than they are now. We're historically high due to inflation being so out of control. So let's say they put their money into a short-term CD paying one and a half percent. And their retirement plan needs a four and a half percent annualized average return. Well, you can see it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, okay, if, if we're earning one and a half and our retirement plan says we need to average four and a half, well, there's a 3% shortfall there. So what that means is if you stick with this portfolio of one and a half percent, you're not going to make it. At some point, you're going to probably run out of money. So kind of where the help of a financial planner in times like this, when people say, okay, I want to abandon my long-term plan and go to something that seems safe, at least where my principal seems to be protected, like in a short-term CD, what are you sacrificing? What you're sacrificing is the success of your long-term plan. And this is where, in my experience, over a decade doing this, this is where people get themselves into big, big trouble because they always want to cash out of their long-term investments at the worst possible time, and then they go into something that they deem safe, like a short-term CD, and then what happens? They locked in those losses, and meanwhile, they're in the short-term CD, and a couple months later, the market recovers, and guess what? They were sitting on the sidelines in this short-term CD, and they didn't get to reap the benefits of the market recovery because they were in a safe CD or money market whatever it is, and they missed out on the market recovering. So I think a, a better question, like I said, I've had a lot of, of people saying, hey, should I be putting my money into, let's say my IRA or whatever it might be, into uh, CDs or this money market that I'm hearing that's offered at, at 4%, whatever it happens to be. And I think the better question is, what rate of return do you need from your investments all of your retirement savings for your retirement to be successful. So looking at your 401k, your Roth IRAs, all the different accounts that are earmarked for retirement, what rate of return do you need from them for your plan to be a success? And if the answer is 6%, then what I would say back to you is, okay, it's good that we know that, but why are we locking our money up into something that's only paying us 4%? That doesn't make sense to me. And I did this exercise with a client actually recently, and her response was, that's right. We did assume an average rate of return of 6%. She said, Greg, this was a good reminder. And she said, I just was talking to my neighbor and she mentioned that this 4% CD and that's what she was putting her money in. And I was thinking of the volatility with the stock market and the banks failing and I thought this might be a good idea for me because it was safe. And she said, well, and I forgot about our plan. Our plan was assuming I'm sticking with the long-term investments, keeping them long-term, and then I'm going to average at least 6%. And she said, it slipped my mind. She goes, okay, I'm back on board. I'm going to share one quick story. A friend of mine used to be a car salesman. He actually, a couple of years out of college, he was kind of in between jobs and somebody said, oh, you should be a car salesman. They're looking for people. And he ended up being a car salesman for less than a year. That's really a hard career to go into because it's virtually all commission based. 
And what's interesting is with these car dealerships, and believe me, there's listeners that know a lot more about this than I do, but they make all their money, it seems like, on the service. The profit margin of selling new and used vehicles, the markup is really not that high, but they want to get you back in for the service. That's really where they make their money. But anyway, long story short, a buddy of mine was a car salesman. This was a number of years back, and he had a couple that came in one time and he said they were the easiest to sell a car and they were the most ill-prepared. And he was shocked by this. And they were wanting to sell her car, the wife's car, because it had a really leaky sunroof and they were just sick of it. And they said, we need to get rid of this car. It's driving her crazy. And all we know is we want to buy a car, a new vehicle without a sunroof. And he said they just did a couple test drives and within two hours, they were out the door and home with a brand new car. They didn't really do a whole lot of research into this vehicle purchase. It was kind of really an emotional reaction to the leaky sunroof because there was a bad storm that came in the night before and the wife went out to her car and it was completely soaked and she had had enough. So again, letting short-term emotions dictate long-term results. So, I mean, a new vehicle purchase, that's a major decision in my opinion. And just because of a leaky sunroof, I wouldn't advise just going to the dealership the next day and forget about getting it repaired or fixed. Just say, okay, we're going to buy a brand new car for 50 or $60,000. So, but what it comes down to is people make purchase decisions and investment decisions based on emotions. And I have found this time and time again throughout my career. And in fact, I frequently tell clients, hey, if you're concerned about something or you're wondering, hey, should we be doing this or doing that? Pick up the phone, give me a call, send me an email, let's talk about it. And the reason being is because kind of having somebody to bounce ideas off of is kind of one of the reasons why you work with a financial planner like myself in the first place. It's to have somebody in your corner and you might as well utilize them if you hear about something or you have a question. And so many times listeners will say, oh, I heard your podcast and you were talking about the Series I savings bonds or you were talking about rising interest rates or whatever it happens to be. And I have a question about that. So I would encourage you as a long-term investor, as someone that's planning for retirement, lean on your financial planner. And especially in times of distress, like now, like 2008, 2009, the financial crisis, the tech bubble of 2000 through 2002, those were the times when, in my opinion, a lot of people needed some reassurance and some handholding. They needed their retirement plans updated because so many people felt like they were thrown off course because of the state of the economy or the stock market. And that's why retirement planning, it takes a long-term perspective, a long-term approach because we have to kind of make assumptions on what kind of returns we're going to get, how Social Security is going to function for the next 20, 30 years, how much our health care is going to go up over time, what about the cost of living, how much that's going to go up over time. And certainly there's going to be years like 2022 and 2023 where we have crazy inflation, but probably over a 30-year period, we're going to revert back to the norm. So with planning, we have to make logical, prudent assumptions, but there's always going to be the years that are the outliers, that were really so unpredictable and so like out in left field that no one could have called them. 
But no matter how bad those times get or those outliers seem to be, a good solid retirement plan will take those into account. For example, looking at somebody that had a retirement plan that went through the 2008-2009 financial collapse in this country, the market was down, what, almost 40% in 2008? Well, we can actually look at, okay, how would we have done during that period? What was our strategy? What was our retirement plan? And how were we positioned to get out of something like that, to recover from something like that when not only our investments are down, but we're withdrawing money to sustain our lifestyle in retirement? And I had a really good question from a couple different listeners that it was along the same lines. It was in regards to my buckets episode. I'll put a link in the show notes. If you haven't listened to the retirement buckets strategy and the episode that I did, I think I've done one or two of them. One was actually on repeat because that is one of the most downloaded episodes. We've been doing this podcast almost three years now, and that seems to be one of the favorite episodes that people just love listening to. But the question that keeps coming up about the buckets strategy is, what investments do you put in each bucket? And unfortunately, there's not a one-size-fits-all. And to kind of recap real quick the buckets, there's three buckets. Bucket number one is your emergency fund. And depending on your situation, you have somewhere between three months to 12 months. Some people keep as much as two years of living expenses in their emergency fund bucket. That is there for emergencies. Bucket number two, that's what we call the income bucket, the income that you're going to need to supplement your lifestyle in retirement. Typically, that complements your social security income and pension income, maybe part-time income. That's bucket number two. The purpose of bucket number two is to provide an income stream. So you're using investments that produce an income. So that's interest and dividends and other sources of income like that. I had a client that asked, well, what if I put gold in bucket number two? Well, gold, unfortunately, does not produce any type of interest or dividend. So gold would not be a suitable investment option for bucket number two. And then, of course, bucket number three is our growth bucket. Because I assure you, in 30 years of retirement, Every year, everything you buy will cost more. We know inflation, the cost of living, is going to be on the rise, and we need the growth bucket to help offset the rising cost of living over time. So typically, people will put Roth IRAs in bucket number three. That's not always the case. They may have part of their Roth IRA in bucket number one. But the purpose of the growth bucket, bucket number three, is, again, more long-term growth. We don't need current income from bucket number three, so it's invested differently than bucket number two and bucket number one. We invest the money based on the purpose, and a lot of people have been emailing me and saying, okay, well, tell me exactly what to put in bucket number one, two, and three. And as a fiduciary, I would tell you, please have your financial planner who knows everything about your situation help you determine which investments are appropriate for each bucket. If you, Of course, if you don't have a financial planner and you're looking for one, some people will book a 30-minute retirement coaching call with me on my website. But going back to what you put in each bucket, it's going to depend on a variety of different factors. And these factors are, what's your tax situation? 
different investments based on the tax consequences are going to be more suitable for some investors than they are for others. A very elementary example of this is if you're in the 10% tax bracket and you're a conservative investor, well, maybe tax-free municipal bonds don't make much sense for you because you're in the 10% bracket. A tax-free income is not going to do you as much good as someone that's in a much higher tax situation. Think about your appetite for risk. Are you okay with more of the ups and downs and volatility in the market? Well, if so, your growth bucket may have a higher risk score than someone that's maybe a middle-of-the-road investor or a moderate risk investor. The other thing is how much income do you need from bucket number two? That will dictate which investments we put in bucket number two to produce that income. And one of the questions that somebody submitted said, well, tell me the recipe. What exactly to put in buckets one and two and three? Sure, we can do that, but we need to really get a full and complete understanding of you as an individual, how much income you need, what's your appetite for risk, what's your tax situation, and really figure out what are all the sources of retirement income that you have. And once we know all that about your complete picture of your situation, then we can get into specific investments about buckets number one, two, and three. And that way, it'll be most beneficial for you. And the other thing to consider is that how we invest buckets number one, two, and three, they may differ or vary over time as your needs change, as maybe you need maybe more income, as your income situation or tax situation changes. Let's say you get a big inheritance and now we've got a totally different tax environment. So I hope all that makes sense. And hopefully this episode has been helpful. But your success as far as investment planning and retirement planning it's so much determined on emotions and our behaviors. And there are so many studies out there of why people are just not very good long-term investors. And it's not because long-term investments that we have to choose from in 401ks and IRAs, Roth IRAs are bad. There's some great index funds and mutual funds and ETFs. It's The problem is, is behavior. People don't stick with investments long-term. And what happens is, is they panic at the worst times, they panic out, and then they get back in at the best times when you know, the clouds have cleared and the market is hitting all-time highs. But the long-term investor is gonna be long-term focused and is gonna keep the discipline and stick with the plan, knowing that there's gonna be rough weather ahead. They just don't know when it's gonna come, right? The storm kind of blows in really, really fast, and sometimes it sticks around for a while, and other times it blows right back out as quick as it came in. So hope this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast has been helpful. Check out my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. I'll see you next week, and remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, 
or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The SmartVestor program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor SmartVestor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA, SIPC. Thank you for listening to the show today. Check us out at our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. And if you want some help from Greg, submit your questions at the bottom of the page or sign up for a 30-minute retirement coaching session with Greg. We'll see you next week.